Well, hey there, it's Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. Now, last week we started into a new series where we were talking about what we can do when our plans change. And in last week's episode, I told you a story about a time when I got lost on the Capitol Beltway in Washington, D.C. And I told you all that that was a pretty scary experience for me. And fear is probably the most common way that we respond when our plans change and our future is uncertain. But time and time again throughout the Bible, God tells us not to be afraid. So in this week's episode, we're going to talk about how we can recalculate the problem of uncertainty and find a better way to deal with the changes that happen in our lives than being afraid of them. So let's get right into this episode's sermon. Well, last week was quite the week around Melbourne Heights. And with everything that went on last week from the update about where we're at in the process of the sale of the building to saying goodbye to one of our long-term members at the church got me feeling kind of nostalgic and had me reflecting and thinking a lot about the history of this congregation. And it was on December 22, 1957, when 134 people came together on this very ground to sign their names on the as charter members of this church and to start the story of Melbourne Heights Baptist Church in this community. And at some point over the last 62 years, Melbourne Heights Baptist Church has touched your life. Now, it may have happened in a worship service or Sunday school class. It may have happened during a mission trip to the Smoky Mountains, or it may have happened on a youth retreat in the mountains of North Carolina. It may have happened through an outreach program like Divorce Cares, or it may have happened through our preschool and our daycare. But at some point, over the last 62 years, it did happen. The work of Melbourne Heights Baptist Church touched your life in some way. Truth is, that's why we're sitting in this place this morning. But as I've thought about the last 62 years, and everything that has happened in the life of this church over those decades, all the lives that we've touched, there's one question that my mind wanders back to from time to time, and a question that I thought about quite a bit this past week. I couldn't help but wonder what it was like to be here that first Sunday morning when Melbourne Heights Baptist Church was formed. Wondered what was it like to be one of those 134 people when they put on their suits and ties or their dresses and their pearls and they came into this place on that morning? What was it like to be one of those people as they held that pen in their hand and they signed their name on the founding documents for our church? What thoughts were running through their minds that day? Were they excited about a new beginning in the life of this church and the ministry? of God and the gospel in this community? Were they worried about how they were going to pay off that new sanctuary that they had just started to build? Were they looking forward to reaching out into the neighborhood as it was quickly growing up all around them? Did they wonder if the church that they were starting that day would still be around 62 years later? Or did they come into this place that morning still replaying an argument that they had with their spouse from the night before? Did they come into this place that morning feeling too frustrated about trying to help their kids find a matching pair of shoes to wonder what the future held for our church? Were they so stressed about finding new work in a new part of town that they now called home to focus in on anything else? 
Were they too worried about making their own mortgage payments to wonder how the church would make ends meet? Well, the answer to all of those questions is, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it was like to be here 62 years ago when this church was started. I don't know what thoughts were running through the minds of those 134 people on that December day. And I don't know because I wasn't there. But I do have an idea of what it might have been like to be there all those years ago because I do have a little bit of experience leading this church as it transitions from one phase to the next. So I have no doubt that on that first day that there was excitement in this place about beginning something new because there's still at least some level of excitement in this place about what God is doing new in us today. And I imagine that each of those 134 people, that they would have been an inspiration that morning as they stepped out in their faith and they continued to, to get this church started. Just like the faith of everyone in this room today continues to inspire me with your dedication and your commitment to this church as God is beginning something new through us. And I imagine that, that first day that it would have been a little bit thrilling and exciting to imagine what the future held for this new church and this new place. Because yes, it's a little bit exciting to imagine what God will continue to do with us in the future. But I also don't think that that's all that was going on in the hearts and the minds of those 134 people that were here that first Sunday when this church got started. As those 134 people signed their names on our founding documents, as their eyes wandered out over the ground that had just been broken to build this new sanctuary and this church where it would someday stand, as they thought about this new neighborhood that was springing up all around them, I think that at least a small part of all 134 of those people would have been scared to death. They would have been scared to death, and there were a whole lot of reasons why they would have been scared on that day. Those 134 people would have been scared because their church was heading into a new and uncharted territory for them, going down a road they had never traveled before. Those 134 people, they would have been scared because they now had this new building that they needed to pay for. And believe me, we know all about how scary it is to try to make ends meet around here. And they would have been scared because this new neighborhood that was growing all around them was filled with a whole bunch of people that they had never met and ministered to before, so they had to figure out what it was going to be like to do church in this place. So there would have been so many reasons to be scared that day. But the scariest reason of them all is a reason that all of us, that we all, know so well. Because it's a fear that we've all felt in our life at some point or another. It's a fear that you may have felt on the first day in a brand new school when you looked out over that sea of faces when you walked into the cafeteria and you had no idea who you were going to sit beside or which group might invite you in or who you might inadvertently offend and make an enemy of right out of the gates. Or it's a feeling that you may have experienced Fear that you felt creep in just a few days after your youngest child went off to college. When you walked by his empty bedroom and you caught a glimpse of all of the pictures and trophies that he had acquired and accumulated over the last 18 years. And when you walked by that door, you, you felt a little bit lost without your kid sitting in their bedroom. Or it's a feeling that you may have fe felt, uh, a fear that you may have felt 
after your doctor told you that she needed to run some tests, when you were poked and prodded and scans were run and blood was drawn, and now you just have to sit back and wait for that phone to ring or for your next appointment to, to take place to know exactly what's happening. You see, we've all felt the same fear before. And we've all felt the same fear before because it all comes from the same place. And that place is a place of uncertainty. I mean, let's just admit it this morning. It's scary when you don't know what the future holds. It's scary when you don't know what the future holds. So whenever we think about this unknown future, the uncertainty that is waiting on the other side for us, it gets scary. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're just waiting to hear back from a doctor or if you're trying to figure out what your life is going to look like as one phase ends and another one begins. It doesn't matter if you're just hoping that you're going to make some new friends and a new place. Or it doesn't matter if you're just trying to lead a church into the future. It's scary when you don't know what the future holds. So what are we supposed to do when we're feeling afraid? What are we supposed to do when we're feeling afraid? Well, like I said a few minutes ago, I wasn't there that morning, 62 years ago, when Melbourne Heights Baptist Church was formed. So I have no idea what their pastor, what the pastor of the church at the time would have said to the congregation that day to help alleviate any fears that they may have had. But I do know that we're living in an uncertain and kind of scary time at Melbourne Heights right now because we don't know exactly what the future holds for our congregation. So I know what I would say, because I know what God says about our fear. And I know that God doesn't want us to be afraid. That's a phrase that we run into time and time again inside of Scripture. Don't be afraid. Fear not. It's filled, the Bible is filled with those little words over and over again where God is constantly telling us not to be afraid. So this morning, we need to do a little bit of recalculating. We need to do a little bit of recalculating like you used to do in math class when you got the wrong answer to a problem because we have the wrong answer to the problem of how we face uncertainty in our world and in our lives today. Our immediate answer to that problem is to turn and be afraid of it. But we know that's not the answer that we're supposed to get. I mean, I remember when I was in math class, one year we had a book that had the answers in the back. And... I was, I was a good kid in school, so I didn't just automatically cheat um, and turn to the back to fill out my homework or whatever. But when, when I was in this math class, I would always go back and I would check the answer in the back of the book after I had solved the problem. And when the book's answer didn't match my answer, I knew that I had to be wrong. So I went back and I recalculated. I figured it out. I said, I know that there is a problem that has a solution, but I'm not getting the right solution to it. So I need to change my approach. I need to recalculate. Well, that's what we need to do with this fear we have because we are getting the wrong answer to this problem of fear. So we need to go back and we need to see the right way to move forward, how we are supposed to respond to these uncertain situations in our lives. So what are we supposed to do when we face an uncertain future? Well, to help answer that question, I want us to take a closer look at a story about someone who was facing a future that not only was uncertain, but it was also a dangerous 
future. And I want us to see how this person responds to this situation that would have left just about anybody else shaking in their shoes. So let me encourage you to grab your Bible with me this morning and turn to Psalm 56. Psalm 56. Now if you've got a printed Bible like mine, the book of Psalms is pretty well smack dab in the middle of it. And the book of Psalms is kind of like a hymnal for, for the people of Israel. And if you have no idea what a hymnal is, well, there's green books in front of you in the pews. That's what a hymnal is. And these hymnals are our books that help guide through worship. But the book of Psalms, so, so the book of Psalms is filled with songs of poetry. Uh, uh, they're, they're written by people who are all along the faith spectrum. When you read the Psalms, you're going to find Psalms written by people who feel incredibly close to God. And when you read the Psalms, you're going to find Psalms that are written by people who feel like God is a million miles away from them. So wherever you're at in your faith journey right now, there's a Psalm written by somebody who has an understanding of what you're going through. But like I said a second ago, in the Psalm that we're going to be looking at this morning, the author is facing an uncertain and, an, uh, and a dangerous future. And in the superscription or the heading at the top of this psalm, we, we understand why he is facing an uncertain and a dangerous future. And if you look at it, this is, this is what the heading says in my Bible. It says, for the music leader, and it's giving those worship instructions, according to the silent dove of distant places, which is probably the name of some other kind of song that they sung, but this is the part that matters the most. It says, a mictum. A mictum is a Hebrew word, and we don't really understand what the best definition of mictum is because the only place we see these words used are in musical terms. Um, but this is perhaps like an inscription. This was written to, on behalf of, or for, or even by, David. So this is a psalm by David when the Philistines seized him in Gath. This psalm was written by David when he was seized by the Philistines at Gath. Now this heading is referring to a specific event in Israel's history and in David's life. And you can read this whole story in 1 Samuel chapter 21. But you don't have to even know this story about what happens in 1 Samuel chapter 21 to have an idea uh, and to realize how bad of a situation this could be for David, how uncertain and dangerous this situation could be. Because here David is, here David, who is the man who has been anointed to be the next king of Israel, here he is, and he has been captured by another army. The man who is going to be king has been captured by another army. And your knowledge of world history should tell you in and of itself that that's not a good place for a king to be in. But David hasn't just been captured by any old army. David has been captured by Israel's arch enemy, the Philistines. To put this in perspective for you, the Philistines are to David what Lex Luthor is to Superman, what the Joker is to Batman, what the Louisville Cardinals are to the Kentucky Wildcats. Okay? Arch enemies and rivals, not the kind of camp that you want to be caught up in. Same Philistines that Goliath comes from. The same Goliath that David took out with a few small stones and a slingshot. And now those same Philistines, the same people, they have captured David. An uncertain and a dangerous future. So if anybody had the right to be afraid about the future, it was David. 
But what we're going to see as we read this psalm is that David isn't afraid. So let's see how he actually responds to the uncertain situation he finds himself in. That's what he writes. God have mercy on me because I'm being trampled. All day long the enemy oppresses me. My attackers, they trample me all day long because I have so many enemies. Exalted one, whenever I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. I put my trust in God, whose word I pray. I trust in God. I won't be afraid. What can mere flesh do to me? All day long they frustrate my pursuits. All their thoughts are evil against me. They get together, they set up an ambush, they're watching my steps, hoping for my death. Don't rescue them for any reason. In wrath, bring down the people, God. You yourself have kept track of my misery. Put my tears into your bottle. Aren't they on your scroll already? Then my enemies will retreat when I cry out. I know this because God is mine. God, whose word I praise, the Lord whose word I praise, I trust in God, I won't be afraid. What can anyone do? I will fulfill my promises to you, God. I will present thanksgiving offerings to you because you have saved my life from death. You've saved my feet from stumbling so that I can walk before God in the light of life. Clearly, there is a whole lot that is happening inside of this psalm. And part of the psalm, David tells us that he is going to trust in God no matter what. And part of the psalm, David asks for God to send his wrath down upon David's enemies. In another part of the psalm, David talks about tears and scrolls, and let's be honest, it just kind of gets weird at that part in the psalm. But the heart of Psalm 56 is something that David says to us in verse 12. In verse 12, David said to us, I will present thanksgiving offerings to you. Or at least that's the way that my Bible translated that word. But there is so much more to what David is saying here than the way that we translate this word. There's so much more than meets our eye as we read this passage. And that's because the word that we translate as thanksgiving offerings here doesn't just mean thanksgiving offerings. The word here, which is the Hebrew word, todah, can refer to to giving thanks for what God has done, like we read it here. But it also means that we are lifting our hands up expectantly in expectation for what God is going to do. So when I run across this word, todah, and when I think about what it means, I can't help but think about something that happens whenever you're around a small child. This happened last night. My family, we went, we went to the zoo for their annual trick-or-treating that happens there. My sister and her husband and our niece, who's 10 months old, came along with us for this trip. And as we were walking around the zoo, she's like every other baby. She doesn't want to be in her stroller. So at one point or another, she's getting passed around to everybody in the family. But if you watched her, what she would do from time to time is she would just reach her arms out when she wanted somebody else to hold her. She would reach her arms upward when she wanted somebody else to hold her. And if you've ever been around kids, you know that they do this all the time. And why do kids do this? It's not just because this child wants to be picked up. It's because they know. They know that just by doing this, that someone is going to lift them up. They have the expectation that they are going to be lifted up, that they are going to be 
that they are going to get something that is good for them. So they lift their hands, knowing that it's going to come. Well, that's what David is telling us inside of this passage. When David says that he is going to give these thanksgiving offerings to God, what he is saying is, God, I am reaching my hands up to you, waiting for you to lift me up, to pick me up, to help me out, to bring me something good. And David is lifting his hands because he knows that's exactly what God is going to do. David knows that when he lifts his hands that God is going to lift David up. When David lifts his hands, he knows that God is going to help him out. When David lifts his hands in praise, he knows that, what, that God is going to do something for him that is good for David. So right now, as our church faces our uncertain future, as you face whatever uncertainties you may have in your life, you have a choice. We have a choice. We can be afraid or we can have faith. We have a choice. When we face uncertain times, we can choose to be afraid or we can choose to have faith. We can be afraid that whatever the future holds for us is more than we can stand. Or we can have faith that God is going to lift us up, that God is going to help us out, that God is going to bring us to something good. And you know what? God has a 62-year history of doing just that in Melbourne Heights. God has a 62-year history of lifting up our church, even in our darkest times. God has a 62-year history of helping us out, even in our most difficult situations. God has a 62-year history bringing us through the uncertainty to a good place. So deep down, deep down we know that being afraid, it's not the way that we are supposed to face our uncertainty. We know that we need to rework this problem. We know that we need to recalculate. We know that we need to trust in God. We know that we need to trust in God, to have faith in God. We know that we need to recalculate. Because it's like the song that we sang earlier in this morning's service says, our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Our God is higher than any other. Our God is a healer, awesome in power. That's our God. That's our God. So let's turn our fear into faith. Let's turn our worry into worship. Let's lift our hands up to God in expectation just like David did and praise God for what God is going to do for us next. Let's pray together. God, you are a great God. You are a powerful God. You are a God that is higher than anything else, God. And we need you to be all those things. Because, God, you know that in our lives, as individuals in the life of this church, that we face uncertainty all the time. And, God, 
our natural response to that, our natural answer to these uncertain times is to feel afraid. But you tell us time and time again not to be afraid, to fear not. So God, help us to fear not. Help us to not be afraid. Help us to turn to you in trust and expectation for the great things that you are doing around us, the great things that you will do for us. Help us to know. Help us to know. Just like a child knows when they lift their hands that a parent will come and lift them up. That when we lift our hands up to you, when we trust in you, that you're going to be there to lift us up, to help us out, to bring us to something good. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, it's Adam again, and thank you for listening to this episode of our sermon podcast. I hope that this episode has helped you to think about how you should respond when you're facing uncertainty in your life. You can be afraid, or you can have faith. You can worry or you can worship. You can doubt or you can trust in God. Now in our next episode, we're going to be wrapping up the series by talking about how some of our plans at Melbourne Heights have been changing lately. And we're going to see a new route that God is laying out for us that we can follow. Now that episode will drop next Tuesday, and if you subscribe to our podcast, it'll be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. But before I go, I just want to tell you that just because this episode is coming to an end, that I don't want you to forget what you've heard. Life is filled with uncertainty, but we don't have to be afraid of it, because God is with us, and God is going to help us make it through whatever situations we might be facing. Now I can't wait to see you guys back here next Tuesday for another episode, and I hope that you have a great week.